you're listening to Crud Talk, a ministry of Fifty Shades of Grace. Everybody's got a story. I'm guessing like me, you've been hurt before. But what if I told you there was more to this life than being stuck in the hurt and sin of your past? Hey, we all have crud, but it's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. Today's episode is brought to you by a generous sponsor just like you. We thank you for your gift, which allows us to share hope and continue to help people deal with the crud in their lives. So thank you. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Crud Talk. I'm Sonia Bruner. Thanks for joining me today. So I have just recovered from Vacation Bible School. Can I get an amen? Those of you that have served in Vacation Bible School absolutely understand that I am completely, utterly exhausted. (laughs) Can I get an amen? We just completed Vacation Bible School during the hottest part of the summer. We do ours from 6.30 to 8.30 at night. We offer a different time. Most churches do theirs in June. We do ours in July. Most churches do theirs during the day. We offer ours at night, trying to offer something different to our community because that is the goal, is to reach families for Jesus. So I had a team of 67 volunteers. I go to a small church and we knocked it out of the park. I am so proud of each team member from basically seventh grade on up. And we just um, had a blast, not only pouring into the kids and getting to know the families, but with one another. Because as you know, if you go to a church anywhere, especially if you serve, if you teach Sunday school, if you help serve coffee, whatever you do there, right? We don't always get to sit in fellowship with each other because we're busy on Sundays, right? And so this was a great opportunity to do life together night after night after night after night. Just a really unique opportunity Vacation Bible School presents. So thank you to my team. It was awesome. And I, I this reminded me of a letter that I got. Uh, I can't remember. I have to go back and check the date, but I don't remember. But it reminded me of the importance of Vacation Bible School. So I wanted to share that with you guys today um, and see if you can relate a little bit to this. So I got this letter from a gentleman uh, whose child attended Vacation Bible School. Um, It says here, you don't know me, but my kids went to Vacation Bible School this week at your church and had so much fun they wouldn't stop talking about it every day. I looked you up on Facebook and found your Fifty Shades of Grace page. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Your story rocked me to my core. How anyone could survive that kind of abuse and still choose to be kind to others is a miracle. I've never seen anything like it. If anyone hurt my kids or my wife, I'd kill them. I guess we see that stuff on the news, but seeing a person live and in person who has survived but is filled with so much compassion and joy is almost shocking. I watched another couple videos and read some of your posts. I love your music too. You have a great voice. By the time the family night came, I knew I had to meet you. At first, I didn't see you, but my kids sure did. They ran to you and almost knocked you over, and you didn't skip a beat. You hugged them, and it was obvious that you knew who they were. You greeted my wife, and with that smile that I had already watched a dozen times during the week, my my gnarly smile, I like to say. Anyway, I'll keep going. I knew after talking to you that this girl is the real deal. I don't know why I feel strange even saying this, but I got very emotional. 
I guess it's because I knew your story and as I watched you greet people and the kids one by one, the love inside you was obvious. It wasn't fake. It was beautiful and I felt something change in me. During the music part, you were singing, the helpers were singing and the kids loved it. There is this light in you that I haven't seen in very many people, but you have it. You prayed and during your prayer, you started talking about people struggling and stuff. You talked about praying that each of us in the room would know that Jesus loves us and that we could always trust him no matter what. I thought my heart was going to explode. It all came together. The kids coming home night after night, getting excited about God and church, then learning your story and how Jesus has changed your life, hearing you share the gospel, but then seeing you live it in person, seeing with my own eyes how Jesus has truly changed you, and you know that you are finally loved. I could see it on your face that it was true. It was real. And then hearing the people sing the songs, I knew that I had been searching all my life for something. My parents got divorced when I was young and I blamed myself. Like maybe if I had been a better kid, my dad would have stuck around. I never felt good enough. I've tried hard to always provide for my family, but I feel distant sometimes because somewhere deep down, I think they'll leave me one day. It's hard always waiting for everyone to leave. I can be emotionally distant and that ends up hurting my wife and my kids. That's my crud, I guess. I wanted what you had. I wanted to have peace and to be forgiven. I felt like Jesus was speaking to me personally. I've never done anything like this before, but I knew that I couldn't keep going the way I was. I'm guessing it's the words of that ABC song, right? Admit to God that you're a sinner. My kids sing that over and over and over. Thanks for that. Yes, sorry, not sorry and repent. What does repent mean? Then I believe that Jesus is the son of God and then I confess my faith in Jesus Christ. Is that right? Is that it? It seems too easy. So if I do those things, is Jesus my savior then? Okay. This is why I wanted to share this with you. Can you can you believe it? Basically what this man is asking is, what must I do to be saved? Here's what the Bible says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it, it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. I mean, it's, it says it straight out, right? So let me just share the gospel that changed my life, and then you allow God to speak to your heart. There's no way that we can get to heaven without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because of our sin, we were separated from God because he is holy. So God loved us. He sent his son. Jesus came to save the people from the penalty of their sin. So how do we get a relationship with Jesus? A, admit to God that you're a sinner and repent. We acknowledge that we are sinners. All of us have done something wrong. We've done things that go against what Jesus says is okay. And repent. I love how he asked that. That just simply means to turn around and go the opposite way. So however you and I were living that didn't please God, what repent means is to turn and go the opposite way. Whatever we were doing, we we're to turn completely around and go the opposite way. And then B, 
believe that Jesus is the son of God and was sent here to save us from our sin by dying on a cross. Because Jesus died on the cross and took our punishment, we don't have to be punished, but we're free to live the life that Jesus wants us to live. We're free from the burden of sin. We owed a debt because of our sin and he paid our debt so we no longer owe. Everything is paid in full because of Jesus and the cross. And then C, confess or tell. Tell someone that you have made Jesus the Lord or what I like to say, the boss of your life. It's not about saying a prayer or certain kind of words. Although let me just say right here, I believe talking to Jesus, which is what prayer is, is the only way to start a relationship with him. Believing in Jesus is not enough. Why do I say that? Because even Satan believes in Jesus. It's all about giving your heart to Jesus and following him the rest of your life. He wants our trust. So then what? Tell people. (laughs) I encourage you to tell the people that matter to you what you've done. Read your Bible. The Bible is our roadmap to life. It It tells us basically everything we need to know. It tells us how to live, how to love, and how to share our stories with others so they can hear the gospel and make their choice. Read it. Study it. Learn all that you can about who God is and what the heart of Jesus is. And then get connected in a Bible-believing church. So y'all, there's lots and lots of churches out there. We know this. No church is perfect. Far from it. It's been said that church is a hospital for the spiritually sick. But it does make a difference which church you go to. The, the church that you go to must believe that the Bible is true. Not some of it, all of it. This church must believe in the gospel, the death on the cross and the resurrection, and that the only way to God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, forgiving you and saving you from your sin. The church you go to must love God. Not just give it lip service, but practice it. This church must love people. They must have a heart for truth, not be judgmental, but have an attitude of grace, mercy, and love. This church, this church must care enough about people to put their own needs and desires below the goal of reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me say this loud. Loving God and loving people are the two most difficult things to do. But that's what Jesus wants us to do when we follow him. And here's the thing. He will help us to do it in the first place when we don't feel like it. And he'll help us to learn to love him and others better and better. Discipleship. It's kind of a fancy word. It's our way of digging deep into who God is and his character and who we are to Jesus and how we are to live. No one is without sin. So what that means is we're all equal. But there are people who are called to preach and teach God's word, and they can help us learn the truth from the Bible and give us ways to apply that word of truth to our daily lives. Another thing too about the church that you go to is outreach. The church should be dedicated in practicing sharing the gospel outside the church as much as possible. And then the final thing I'd like to add to that is serve others. That's not just something that you get to do if you feel like it, 
God commands us to serve one another. When you're a Christian, you follow the example of Jesus. He came to the earth and served others. He didn't just sit there and say, what's in it for me? He served others his entire life. One of the most challenging parts about being a leader in the church is the world has taught us that it's all about me. If I'm entertained or served or I feel like it, then I'll go to church. If I'm not too tired from the night before, then I'll get up and go to Sunday school. The church that you go to should be like an extended family. We are to do life with each other. That's how Jesus intended it. But the world has been telling us, hey, if you're too tired, if you're too tired or you'd rather just stay home, you can go to church next week or hey, next month. You're good. You don't need to do it all the time. But the reality is it's not all about us. What about the people that come for the first time? What about all the different tasks that need to get done? Are one or or two people supposed to do all of that and then the rest of us just come and eat our donuts and watch the show? You and I going to church is way more about the entire group than it is about you or me. We need each other. The world says, you don't need anybody. You got yourself, that's good enough. Wrong. Why do I say that? We have more loneliness than ever (laughs) because we've bought into this lie that says, I can do life alone and I'll be fine. So sad. Human beings must have relationship with other human beings. It's how God wired us. I get that people have been hurt. Oh boy, do I get that. When he said, I'm distant because it's hard always waiting for someone to leave. Man, that hit me hard. There is risk in loving others. That's why it's so hard to do it. There is risk in putting yourself out there. You can be rejected. You can be ignored. You can be made fun of. You can be lied to or judged. I get it. I've served in the local church for 37 years. That's a whole, oh my goodness. That's a whole bunch of different people, different personalities, beliefs, and crud right? Oh my word, that's a lot of crud. Can I get an amen? (laughs) If you've been hurt by a church or someone in a church, I want to tell you that I'm sorry that that's happened to you. Also, that I am a person who probably hurt others in the church too. We're all a mess. We all need to learn how to love each other better. That's not going to happen overnight. I would hate for you to stay away from church because of something that a person did. Jesus didn't do it. I know that people are hard, (laughs) but you and I are people. You know what I mean? Ask Jesus to help you forgive the one who hurt you. Trust the Lord to lead you to a church and then plug in, commit. Be the kind of church person that doesn't hurt others, but loves God and loves people. And let me say, If you have hurt someone, go make it right. Ask them to forgive you. It's amazing what happens when we do what Jesus says. So let me just say a few more things. He said, is that it? It seems too easy. Let me me tell you, choosing Jesus is not easy. Living for Jesus is not easy. I feel like sometimes we need to say the reality of walking with Jesus Christ. It's the most wonderful thing to know that you are completely loved. 
Nobody can love you like Jesus does. But it costs Jesus everything. He took all of the weight of our sin, everything, every single human being, all of sin on, upon himself. He was betrayed by those that said they loved him. He was beaten and abused. He died on that cross. Not everyone makes the choice to follow Jesus, though. Why? Our flesh wants to do what it wants. We want to be our own boss. What I do know for sure is that Jesus changed my life. I learn new things about Jesus every day. It's a step-by-step process. I know that I can trust him no matter what. Y'all, life is hard, but a life without the hope of Jesus is excruciating. My other thought about this was VBS is powerful. It's a tool that brings kids to our churches, but it's not just the kids. Clearly, it's the families that are influenced as well. Just like this guy wrote to me. It's, that's powerful, you guys. When we're planning events, we must keep in mind that it's not as small as we tend to make it. I think about the things we do in our everyday lives, our jobs, school, grocery shopping, eating out, birthday parties, whatever. Every single time we do something, it's not just the simplicity of the task that is important. We don't see the whole picture, but God does. It's all the moving parts. Don't forget to broaden your scope of the things you do, always with the kingdom in mind. Be looking for those opportunities that God will present to you when we do things, always with the kingdom in mind. And then the other thing, it's so important to live what we believe. Sure, we all blow it, but when we have the world watching, it's best to humbly and joyfully live out that change that Jesus has made in our lives. Joy is infectious. That's one of the things people say about me. Your humor, your joy is infectious. I pray that it is. I've been saved from a lot, y'all. So I pray that my, my joy and bubbly, fun silliness would rub off on other people and they'd see there's something different about that girl. <laughs> She's weird. (laughs) If you are an angry person or grumpy most of the time, stop it. It's so confusing to the world when Christians walk around in defeat. Do I have to say it? Deal with your crud so that you can live the life that Jesus has planned for you. Another thing would be encouragement is always right. Encourage one another. So after VBS, Rick told me the other day, you have the gift of encouragement. I looked it up to make sure it was in the Bible. (laughs) It is. I love to encourage others. Making someone feel good about themselves is humbling, but also I try to make sure that what I say is true about that person. False flattery is stupid, but catching someone doing something well or fun or kind and then encouraging them with what I've observed That's a powerful moment. This is a skill that leaders need to hone and make a necessity all the time. It's so important that entire companies have risen from nothing because of it or crumbled without it. Encouragement is not just for those who are good at it. Leaders, get good at it. You need the encouragement. You need it. And so does your team. Every day, all day, it's never wrong or wasted to encourage others. 
And one last thing, thank you to all my volunteers. Thank you for your hearts and your love and your silliness. I've said this a million times, VBS is so much more than hanging decorations, silly games, or a kid's program. It's about Jesus, his people, and drawing others to himself. It's about fellowship. It's about reaching out of the walls and pointing people to Jesus. It's about connecting with those people that you do church with every week, but never get to know. One of my favorite VBSs of all time was this week. Y'all did an amazing job of loving God and loving people. Thank you. If you have questions about asking Jesus into your heart, I'd like to help you answer those questions. Message me, reach out to me, and I'd love to share what Jesus has done in me. This is Sonia Bruner with Crud Talk. See you next time.